0: This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Roundtable Show. It's Horse Radio Network's equestrian roundtable in coordination with American Horse Publications. Our sponsor of this episode is Kevin Equine. This is episode 533. The Stable Scoop Show is the longest-running show on the Horse Radio Network. We started this 14 years ago. I am Glenn DeGeek, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning, that is the longest running daily horse podcast in the world. I was just mentioning mentioning to the panelists that I'm going to be heading to Oklahoma to my co-host Jamie's house and farm and we're going to be doing episode 3000 there together in August. So, uh, that'll officially I don't know of any other daily podcast that actually has been over episode 3000, so we might be the only one. The state, uh, the round table is a group of panelists who get together and discuss topics. They're random topics that the panelists actually choose the topics. So tonight we have a bunch of cool topics. Actually, let me go over those with you quick. Horse riding vacations past and bucket list rides you want to do in the future. And I want to hear yours in the comments. Where have you gone? What cool riding things have you done? What do you want to do in the future? We're going to talk also about letting go of your horse's past and ride and drive the horse that you have now which is sometimes harder as they get older, especially. And then I love this last topic that Amy's bringing to the table. Gelding person versus mayor person can you be both? So that's going to be the final topic for tonight. We want to thank uh, American Horse Publications. They are a group of uh, journalists and media from the horse world, and we do this in partnership with them, and all of our panelists tonight are members of American Horse Publications. If you miss any part of this show, you can uh, listen to it its entirety on the Stable Scoop podcast feed. Just search for it on your any podcast player. And it looks like we have people people here from Iowa, and also Summer's here. I don't know where Summer is from, but uh, thank you, Hazel and Summer and everybody else joining us. Put your name and where you're from in the comments, and that way the panelists can see that as well. Let's meet them tonight. Tonight, joining this roundtable, we have Susan Freeland. Hi, Susan. Hey, Glenn. Good to see you. Now, Susan and I, you were one of our first guests a long time ago. Really? Yeah, you were you were a guest early on in the Horse Radio Network.
1: Are you trying to say I'm old, Glenn?
0: Yeah, we're all old. <laughs> I got this for you. <laughs> so how long have you been doing your blog and what's it called?
1: It is called Saddle Seeks Horse. And in case people forget, I uh, I think they can see my little name at the bottom there. Yep. That's my last name, Saddle Seeks Horse. <laughs> um, no, I've been doing my blog since I think the fall of 2013. I started it on my birthday as a birthday gift to myself.
0: And you're still doing it. You're I'm probably scary. one of the longest bloggers in the horse world that stuck with it.
1: Maybe. Yeah.
0: I, I think you probably are, come oh, to think about you. it. Because a lot of them, a lot of, of us, I'm going to include myself in this, have started blogs and then never stuck with it. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> good for you.
1: <laughs> well, you stuck with uh, doing podcasting, which sounds a lot harder and more involved than... Blogging, oh, it's so easy to Bravo. talk. That
0: writing stuff you do is Bravo. hard. That's the hard stuff. And we're going to talk more to you also about uh, the the other things you have going on. We'll talk about that a little bit later and give some plugs out there for the other stuff. But let's meet our fellow panelists. And I know Amy Robinson is somebody you met at the last AHP conference, right? You met her there?
1: I did. And she was wearing a beautiful fascinator because we were in Lexington it had kind of a racehorse theme going on and she looked fabulous and vintagey. And she gave me the name of a habit. Well, how do you say it? Haberdashery? Haberdashery. Yes. I just reached well, out. I forgot it to it's in Illinois. No,
2: in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, um, McLaughlin hat company. Well, McLaughlin and Hayes, they just changed their name and they're fantastic. Hi guys.
0: It's <laughs> Hi, Amy. Mean- y'all. Now, Amy's content manager over at Valley Vet Supply, an equine journalist, and uh, does a bunch of other stuff, which we're going to talk about a little bit tonight. Amy, I heard you're not too far from my co-host Jamie, and you actually got a horse from her, right?
2: Yes, yes, we've adopted two horses from Horse and Hound. The first one that we adopted, her name was Wicklow, so that's going to tie into your travel destinations before long, but. And that's how I met Jamie Wicklow was at Jamie's farm. So my husband and I saw her post come up and I told Drew, I said, we've got to go there today. She's going to be scooped up immediately. We've got to go. We've got to go. It was like a Tuesday night or something. And we'd get off from work and we drove there and got home at probably one. Um, but rode at Jamie's place. It's just beautiful. And she was just great. And um, we just adopted another one recently, a few months ago from horse and hound also well congratulations
0: that's terrific thank you very good so uh we're gonna meet our last guest here tonight panelist who's been on this show before (laughs) her name is kathleen you all know her she's also been a regular on horses in the morning over many 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 years hi kathleen
3: hello glenn
0: now it's gonna be odd
3: to not talk driving today
0: I know. And I was just going to say, you're a driver. You've done singles and pairs and tandem and four-in-hand, and uh, you're, you're a very serious driver, and you're going to be moving, I hear. Am I allowed to say this?
3: You are. I'm okay. going to be moving, yes.
0: You're, you're in Lexington now, but you're going to be moving to the state that has more listeners from Horse Radio Network than any other state. Where are you going?
3: I'm going to Michigan. I'm going where I'm going where the HRN members all are, so that maybe we can do another trail ride. That
0: yes, would be fun. you. She met us a year ago when we uh, did the road trip. We we all met in Michigan and had a trail ride. That's the that's the state that almost killed my wife uh, with the storm we had there. So. <laughs> <Jeez>.
3: <laughs> that that was a uh, unfortunate uh, byproduct. <laughs> of, you know. Yeah.
0: But uh, thank you, Kathleen, for joining us today. Appreciate it. Let's get started with topic number one. Susan, tell us about your topic and why you want to talk about it.
1: All right. Well, my topic is horse riding vacations past and bucket list future trips. So I was inspired because I just got back from riding in Ireland and um, it was really fun. And I've now been three times in my life and twice in the last year. And um, I know it's kind of a popular destination for us horse crazy types, but I did something really interesting that I want to share in a minute. And then also I want to find out from the people who are watching in the comments and from Kathleen and yourself, Glenn and Amy, what some of your you know, dream destinations are so I can uh, add them to my list.
0: So t- tell us real quick, though, I, I got to know what you do in Ireland. Did you go fox hunting? Were you one okay. of those crazy fox hunting people?
1: Well, no, because I although I was a member of the fox hunt when I was in California and I rode in third field with the strategic people, if I knew certain people that were wild, rowdy, you know, out of control riders, I wouldn't go. Um, so I'm cautious. But all that to say, uh, last fall, a group of gals and I got to go to Clonshire Equestrian Center, and they had what they were calling a faux hunt. Get it? F-A-U-X hunt. Um, Because of COVID and some insurance things, they weren't having like formal hunts. But uh, so we got to go and basically ride for three hours a day, two hours in the morning. And then we spent an hour, no, hour and a half, two hours in the darling little town of Adair, Ireland, very picturesque and had the best kind of farm to table pub food. And then we went back for another hour in the afternoon. And so because it was a little rainy, go figure, in Ireland in the fall, uh, we schooled kind of mainly in their um, riding arena and they have an indoor and outdoor that's really nice but we did some trail riding as well and then um, this past spring we had a similar trip but because footing was better we were able to do some cross-country jumping and I am not a cross-country rider but I did it and it was so fun and the horses are really safe and my sister went and my niece went and then a bunch of friends of mine from San Diego went and We just ate our way through Ireland and did some touring afterwards, which Amy shared with before we came on that uh, she just read my latest blog post. Uh, We got to go to the Irish national stud and I'm sure Kathleen and I know Glenn, you used to live in Lexington. You know, a number of us have gone to the stud farms here in the U S. So it was really cool to have a chance to see, you know, how they do things over in Ireland. And it wasn't just, stud farm. They had a beautiful Japanese gardens. And then the thing that really was a riot was they had this racehorse simulation where you got to buy a horse, train a horse, and then ride a racehorse. And um, it was like a simulator, not the equisizer It was a little less uh, involved than that, but it did require some, you know, riding motion. And there was video at the end, so you could see how you did in the race. And I came in dead last. (laughs)
0: it sounds like what i'd do (laughs) that's that sounds like such a fun trip it was great great
1: great. so i just love it
0: that's so cool had you uh, done cross-country
2: jumping before you went i didn't catch the first part amy had you done cross-country jumping before you
1: went uh, dabbled a little bit over like the most minuscule offenses because uh, where I boarded uh, my horse when I was in California was right across the street from a really nice uh, kind of eventing show showgrounds. Incredible, so
0: cool. Couple things Cheryl says here: she wants to hunt in Ireland and safari in Africa, which. I think that's every horse person's dream safari in Africa, right? Um, and also, Summer jumped in and said Morocco. Well, that'd be exactly that, that would be exactly. Kathleen, I know you've been all over the world. You've done some some fun <laughs> stuff. It, we can't go through them all. It would take us all night. What, what What would be one that jumps out at you?
3: Well, I think going to the Royal Windsor Horse Show is definitely should be on everybody's bucket list. The quality of horses there is just absolutely amazing. And I think that uh, no matter what uh, equestrian sport you're involved in there's something there to watch uh, they show differently than we do and a lot of the under saddle classes they come in the rider rides around they get off they do a, what essentially is a sport halter pattern and then um, an- uh, another person gets on and rides them and that is just absolutely amazing but it is a fantastic event and not one to be missed I think, but I'm also hoping to go to the Berkshires. Uh, they drive there every four years and this year is one of those years. So fingers crossed.
1: Very. Cool. Where's that Kathleen?
3: The Berkshires? Yeah. Um, um, I think Connecticut. Oh it's, oh, it's in the U.S. Yes. Yes.
1: Um. <laughs> I would love to tell us a little bit more about that.
3: So they go coaching. Um, It happens every four years and it's, it's where the estates are the big mansions and everything. And they have a a huge uh, fundraiser and, and event uh, to keep these mansions, big mansions open and all the coaching people come in with their foreign hands and, and lots of staff to keep everything going and they drive and it's a huge event. Um, It's hard to get a hotel room. I will say that plan in advance, but it is an amazing event, and uh, it's also fantastic if you can get into one of the black tie parties. It's it's definitely a social event. Um, but people just line the streets to watch the
1: horses go by, and that's so, that's fun in the United States. If we say we know Kathleen from Lexington, soon to be in Michigan. <laughs> we know.
3: Uh, if you say, "Oh, hey, I'm a CAA member," and and it's true, that might help you. Uh, but uh, I don't know what that is. is actually, the hardest.
1: What what is I, I I and the term coaching? Like I think of uh, my nephew coaches volleyball. So when you say coaching, I think it's a different context. Uh,
3: so mm-hmm. these are the big vehicles. They weigh about a ton each before you put people on them, uh, and they are the ones that the wealthy people used to go out in, um, somewhat like a stagecoach but fancier uh so you Um, can put people inside uh and then the wealthy used to sit on top of them at like polo matches and things like that and that was how they went out with their friends uh today we go out and drive around in our sports car or whatever rolls royce and that's this is their version back in the day they would go out
1: coaching with their friends i think amy needs to go with her beautiful (laughs)
3: fascinator (laughs) This is definitely a hat place. Um, The hats will be fabulous. I'm going to go pack my bags. Excuse me.
0: (laughs) Have you done any riding trips?
2: Yes. um, Actually, a good girlfriend of mine, we we tend to venture off to anything horse related. But we went to Dublin um, a few years ago. And so we found several things to do. But one of, I guess, probably my favorite on that trip was we ended up going to a barn and went on a ride up through the Wicklow mountains and were able to look over Dublin. And it was just incredible. I think the barn was called the paddock stables. And, um, we were both in like a couple of stunning, stunning mares and hers. I, I tend to have the hotter as uh, hot blooded one. And, um, we ended up changing and I had a really cool common collected guy and he was great. And she was behind me and he was ready to go. Um, but that was just awesome. Another one I, I think that would stick out my mind is actually really close to home. So there's this, this great horse park, or I'd say, I guess I should say really camping ground, Um Bell Star Lodge at Robbers Cave. It's in south southeastern Oklahoma and you can haul your horses in. They've got a great horse campsite, beautiful facilities, So um, that's actually where like Bell Star and all of the great robbers of the times would hide out in this beautiful cave that you can go all the way up and um, and see some really neat things and take your horses with you. Or there's also, I, I think there's still a barn there that you can do trail rides and such, but it's a great place to haul in.
0: Very cool. I, You know, I was thinking about it. I've done some really cool horse stuff, thanks to Horse Radio Network. But um, the one that stands out for me is getting invited to the World Percheron Congress when it was in Massachusetts, and Wendy and I went, and we got to—we actually drove in a competition. We drove a pair of Percherons, which— w- She did very well and it was a disaster for me. Um, but, uh, and then we got to ride on a wagon with eight percherons, uh, pulling it. And that was an incredible experience. When you sit in the front in the bot, what they call the box seat and you see eight percherons in front of you, the power that's there and just, that was, we just had a blast the entire time we were at the Percheron Congress. And I'm a draft horse guy, and I ha- had Percherons. So for me, it was like candy store, you know, uh, just all of these per- hundreds of Percherons everywhere. But that that was one of the most fun for me, I think. And then there was many times that Jennifer would make me ride on uh, trail rides at places we would go. So that wasn't so fun for me, because I, <laughs> as everybody knows, I'm a carriage driver, not a rider. So, But she would make me do it, and I would do it. And I never died, so there's that. (laughs) So it was a plus. uh, So I'm seeing, oh, by the way, uh, it looks like uh, Charlotte said the Berkshires are in Massachusetts.
3: Yes, they're in Western Massachusetts. My apologies.
0: Yep. No, she, Charlotte used to live up there. So that's how she got that right. And Cheryl said, a coach like in Downton Abbey. Yeah. There were, uh, they did have a, a coach or two in Downton Abbey in the early ep- episodes of the, in the early days. Um, and we got to go to High Castle when we were in England. And that was so much fun. That was fun. It was fun seeing where they film everything. That was a good time. So, where, if we all had to name one bucket list place, Susan, you, you started this. What's your bucket list place?
1: Okay. Well, I had already thought about this and I know. Our friend, Heather, the timid rider, I think just went there and my sister. So it, it has to be because all these little hints are being dropped. And then my sister just sent me a reel on Instagram for Iceland, right? Iceland, of course.
0: I think, yeah, I know a lot of people that have go? done it. They love it.
1: Yes.
2: Yes. I, I've been following Shelly's uh, pictures from her trip that she just went on.
3: Oh my gosh. It just looks beautiful.
0: Very good, Kathleen.
3: Well, I'm scheduled to go to uh, Germany and the Netherlands this fall. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, the Gold Coach and the Netherlands at the museums. And there's some things like that that I am really looking forward to. Uh, as far as driving, I think probably going to like the Berkshire or Berkshires or someplace like that would be really fun.
0: Amy?
2: I would probably have to say we went to Mackinac Island in Michigan last year, but we were unable to take our horses, but you can actually haul your horses there and they've got a big barge that will take you over. And there's a beautiful barn. You can board there and you just, if um, anyone tuning in hasn't been to Mackinac Island, it is, you can only get around by walking or by bike or by horseback. And there's a lot of carriages and such. It's just so beautiful. It's just a step back in time So hopefully we'll be able to haul um, a couple of our guys there soon. It'd be neat.
0: I've never been there. We've had them on the show. They've invited us to come up, and I would just love to do that sometime. It just looks like so much fun. It's a long way from Florida, though. Uh. Next
2: year. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You can make a trip out of it. A couple of layovers.
0: Well, I have two. One is, and Kathleen might know, I don't remember his name. We had him on the show uh, a couple of years ago, and he does he does carriage rides through the Alps. Oh, Nimitz. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it oh. goes from town to town through the Alps, and you actually yes. stay at bed and breakfasts and eat at hotels and stuff on these big coaches riding through the Alps. That's one that's on the list for sure. And He's then the going other again one this
3: summer, the- too, just so you know.
0: Oh, really? Yeah? Yes. And then the other one is Calgary Stampede. I've always wanted to go to the Calgary Stampede. They've invited us up there. One of these days, we're going to go up to the Calgary Stampede. I just have always wanted to see it. So uh, hopefully we get that done, too. But let's take a break for our sponsor. And by the way, if you are, uh, Summer says she'd love to go to Iceland. Um, Cheryl says Oregon Coast. Uh, So put down there what your bucket list trip would be for doing something horsey. While we hear from our sponsors, guys, hang on and we'll get to question number two, our topic, second topic of the night. We've had no shortage of stress this past year. And a lot of our attention has been focused on maintaining our health and immunity. Stress and illness can actually form a vicious cycle in humans and also in horses. Elevated cortisol levels caused by stressors like extreme weather, disease, diet changes, travel, and trailering can all throw your horse's health and immune function out of whack. But did you know that you can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day? By lowering the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing overall energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health, and immunity, improving performance and overall well-being. To ensure you're supporting your horse, don't feed just any chromium. Find your horse the only FDA reviewed source of chromium on the market today. Chemtrace chromium from Chemin Equine. That's Chemtrace chromium from Chemin Equine. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at kemencom slash ChromiumEQ. That's com kemin.com, K-E-M-I-N dot com slash chromium eQ. And we thank Kevin for their sponsorship here of uh, Horse Radio Network. They've been with us for years and years and years. All right, Kathleen, you're you have topic number two. What what did you want to talk about?
3: So I think that it's really important to let go of your horse past it at times and really ride the horse that you have in front of you at that moment. Um, I was at a friend's place this weekend and we were trying to work on her circles and things. And the second thing that came out of her mouth when she started her circles was, well, this horse always, but he wasn't doing that at that moment in time. It was the humans that were interfering with him. And, and I have done that myself. Um, I, when I was riding back in the day and I was going to take a jump and I was like, Oh, there's flowers there. He's going to run out on this. And sure enough he did because I didn't send him. And I think that it's really important to make sure that you're riding the horse that you're on or driving that horse, because sometimes the humans get in the way and we cause, um, them to spook or do other things. And, and I'm sure you've, you've had that with, you know, your horses as well, where you're like, Oh, they would won't go through water. Well, they go out to walk through water every day, go out to their pasture, some in the mud season and, and, you know, different things. And, but we, as humans kind of get in our own way sometimes and and interfere. And, um, you know, it's one thing coming back from a truly dramatic experience And then there's another thing of, you know, cows, are cows really that scary? You know, Um, I just watched the opening uh, over in Europe and they have these inflatable horses dancing around with people in them. I don't know if you saw that video clip, but that was for us. That would be incredibly scary and we would be just like, you know, but these uh, horses over there, the dressage horses are out in just doing their thing while these white blow-ups do their dance. And I, I think that it's important to just get out of our own heads and get out of our own way and, and ride the horse that we have at that moment and concentrate on what we're doing rather than thinking about what their past. Um, Susan, have you had any
1: experience with that? Well, I just wanted to say amen to that because I can think of two things right away. One that personally happened to me and then one with a friend I was trying to encourage. So um, I've had my horse, he was off-track, is an off-track thoroughbred, and I've had him for about eight years, and we just, our pace of uh, progress is <laughs> very snail-like, and uh, part of it is, you know, flat work is fine, trail riding is fine. I have weird mental blocks jumping. So like, uh, for example, in Ireland, I can get on those horses because I know that they know their job and they do this, you know, six days a week. It's no big deal, but my horse is sensitive and particularly when he was new to me and we would jump, he would jump me out of the tack. So I'm always in the back of my mind he's going to go too fast and he's going to take the long spot and I'm going to be, and I've never fallen, I've only had one fall and it was a something that could not have been prevented and it was not a disobedience. So I, when I read your, what the topic was, I was like, Oh, this applies to me. But um, a friend of mine many years ago at a different barn had a horse and she was just convinced he was the devil and he really wasn't. And he, he went nicely for a number of other riders and the the stuff that he would do that was you know, like a disobedience wasn't necessarily evil, you know, like trying to dump her or whatever. She might've not set him up for success as um, kind of a former backyard person that was now moving into more of a formal training thing. And I remember I would watch her over time with him and I thought he was really cute. And he looked like he was a good boy when I would see him. And so I said to her, have you ever, and she was a scientist. So I said, have you ever thought about keeping track of your rides and like giving a numerical score <laughs> to how the overall time spent with your horse was. And so she was like, you know, I never thought about that, but she made this spreadsheet and it cracked me up at like the ratings that she gave it. And I can't remember all the categories now, but it was basically like uh, there was a devil category, but in the end, long story short, he mostly performed well for her and was a good boy. And so I wrote a blog post about it with her permission. This was many years ago. I don't even remember what it was called. It might've been like the time I discovered my horse was not evil or something. But um, so I thought that's good. I use a riding app and it has a little like smiley face and you can say, you know, how you felt about the ride. And like most of my rides are pleasant and very enjoyable. And my horse has good character. So when he does these things, like, Over jump or, you know, get quick. It's, it's an anxious thing and I have to not be anxious and trigger his anxious. And I could probably talk about this for the rest of the time here. So I'm going to stop now, but yeah, that really spoke to me. Well, and I think that's especially true
3: with horses that either come from rescues or are off the track because there's a difference between we haven't taught them yet. And this is them being bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And because we expect certain behaviors from them, we allow it to happen. And I also think a little bit of what you were speaking on. um, There is a big difference between a horse that truly enjoys jumping those big fences. Um, When you're on a Fox hunter that just loves what he does. It's a lot, but a lot more fun to jump and a lot more encouraging to jump than it is when you're on your four H mare that pops a fence and, and does it because you've asked Um, rather than because she loves it and the same thing is true with driving there's a lot of horses out there that drive that are not driving horses when you get behind a horse that loves to drive it's exhilarating and it's fun and it's a whole different experience than it is when when you're driving a horse it's like and i'm I'm doing what you asked (laughs) but amy have you had that type of experience as well I have. And I was really looking
2: forward to talking about this whenever I saw your topic come through. Um, so Susan and I, we both immediately, when we first met, we started talking about our off-track thoroughbreds. We both have one um, that goes back to tis now, and we're just talking about some of their similarities and, of course, how gorgeous they were and how we love to spoil them. And I have a mare that, um, you know, I personally have, have had to face this issue that She's always been a kind mare, a spirited mare also. And in our early years, you know, just whenever she was retraining from her time on the track, we were dealing with, you know, the bolting and lunging over fences. And um, one thing she would do is really pretty impressive. Whenever she would do a lead change, she would jump straight up in the air. And you just had to go into a two point essentially to be able to you know, ride that out. But um, she would do some things that would definitely make me rather uncomfortable. And um, so then I could feel myself and my trainer would tell me I was going into the fetal position, which, you know, when you're on the back of your horse, you can't really tell what you're doing. You're just glad that you feel you're, well, you're staying on, you're having a good ride when you stay on, it's a good ride. Um, But what we eventually ended up doing I felt like she was a really sweet mare, but something just wasn't right. There's was too much stress in her life. What we were trying to do at that time was too much for her. Um, so we essentially, we took away the bit. We went to riding bitless and um, I just really had to, I would sing to myself. I'd sing to her and just try to relax herself and completely change our ride. And honestly, it changed our relationship completely, but you have to block it out of your mind that, yes, that happened. And as, as a writer, how do we contribute to that and also take away from, you know, just that was then this is now, how can we have a better relationship
3: now? So and it's just, speaking on, on what you were saying, uh, somebody, I'm going to say dinged me the other day because I was talking too much to the horses that I was driving. And I'm like, but that makes them familiar with me and, and it takes my mind off what I'm, doing and because i can get over concentrated on I, I like to win and i get really pinpointed on that and it lets me think about other things and relax and and my mom likes to sing to our horses and it kind of takes you out of your own mind and and it lets the horse know you've got a pattern and you know they say that the horse is like music and all that and it just helps everybody relax and i think that's a great thing and also listen listening to your horse because you found a way to go back and go bitless. I've had horses that um, should have been fantastic show ring horses. They hated the show ring. Um, We tried CDEs with them. They were fantastic. And ultimately he found his life, uh, you know, the best life for him as being a long distance pleasure driving horse. They go to Mm -hmm. Acadia National Park all the time and, and he's great at it and he's beautiful to look at. He should be in a show ring, but mm, he just, that's not his forte. So you have to let go of that horse's past and find the, the future for him, and find a way to make you both comfortable and and not think about the time that the one time fifteen weeks ago that he dumped you because the cow stood up, you know, or you know <laughs> the shark was in the mud puddle,
1: or <laughs> but, no, I just yeah. experienced a couple of days ago the deer that was rustling on the other side of the bushes. And I don't know, I just relocated from California where my horse was Florida bred, but then did his racing. And then I had him in California. I don't believe there are deer or were deer, any of the places I had boarded him. Now I'm assuming in his life, he's probably seen them. Um, But I was by myself way at the far end of the property and the deer came and he spooked and he's, you know, I let him look at it. And then we resumed our thing, but I have to not think next time I'm down there alone, dear. (laughs) And, you know, make it a worse situation. Mm -hmm.
3: I I had an off the track one that we were in the forest and a leaf came down and hit him in the ear. And I couldn't see the expression on his face, but I could feel the body. And he he did not understand where that leaf came from. <laughs> it came out of midair. I'm like, boy, we're going into fall. You're going to have to get used to leaves just the way it is.
0: You know when I think this gets really hard, too, is when they get older. You know, talk about riding the horse you have that can't do it anymore. My first driving pony, I think when we got that pony, that pony was 20-some. And, by the way, that pony lived to 44 um, but we were driving that pony. That's, that's definitely my lifetime pony. Um, but we were driving that pony till like 35, 36. And that pony was the most adventurous. We'd drive that pony through cities, through, through amusement parks. We had drives through amusement parks with the roller coasters going and everything else. Didn't care. That pony, it was one of the ones, like Kathleen said, just loved to drive. You know, that was and it had been an Amish pony. The ironically, the only thing that pony hated was cows. I mean, we could do anything. I mean, we were in the middle of an amusement park with the roller coasters going, didn't care. But a cow, I figured he was an Amish pony and had bad experiences with the cows. Maybe he's turned out with the cows and he lost the battle. I don't know. But uh so that was but it is true as they got older it's hard for us to accept that they can't do what they want to do because we want the one we had 10 years ago, right? We still want to do the things that they did because they were so good at it. And now we have to go, okay, I can't do that anymore. So. well, And
3: uh, that happens too, when you switch to a new horse, when, when I had Draken and we had won the national championships and he was so responsive to me when I switched to my off the track horse, he, he didn't know what I was asking. And literally we're in, in a show and doing a hazard and like, we completely blew a turn because I was used to asking it two seconds out and he needed like five. And so you have to drive what you got in front of you.
0: (laughs) Yep. That's true. (laughs) All right. I think we're going to wrap that topic up. We've run out of time. Thank you for that, Kathleen. I just want to take a second to talk to each of you, Susan. Now, not only do you write a blog, but you have some books. So tell us about your books.
1: Do. Well, my first book is a very embarrassing memoir called Horses Adored and Men Endured, a memoir of falling and getting back up. And um, another equestrian blogger read it and made some uh, comparison to Bridget Jones' Diary, which I was very glad, like a much cleaner version. (laughs) I don't smoke. and, um, And then my second book actually was born out of a blog post, and it's called Strands of Hope, How to Grieve... The loss of a horse. I had a blog post about um, how I dealt with losing my hard horse. And it just kept getting views, views, views. And I would have people send me emails. And uh, the day I got an email from a mom in South Africa that said, thank you so much. We just unexpectedly lost our pony. My daughter's devastated and we feel less alone. I decided to expand on that and write a book about uh, grieving a horse. And then the third one is called Unbridled Creativity. And I was a school teacher for many, many years and um, would do a lot of prompts to get kids to write. And I thought it would be fun to take best practices from English curriculum and turn them into horse themes and to make a fun little workbook. So when you're Board in between classes at a horse show, or you need a stocking stuffer for your barn pal, uh, it would be a good thing for the the riding writer. And what's it called? Um, Unbridled Creativity 101 Riding Exercises for the Horse Lover. And those are Very all good. available on my website, which is saddleseekshorse.com. Very
0: or good. That-,
1: that big mega store that we all love to hate that we buy. <laughs>
0: Very good. Amy, where can people find you? Well, obviously over at Valley Vet, right?
2: <laughs> yep. Um, so I, I do have an Instagram and a Facebook, but okay. so if you love to see pictures of horses and dogs, that's pretty much all I post about there. But um, so the the articles that I write end up on valleyvet.com. And then also I'll do quite a few byline stories for different publications um, progressive cattle is one. Um, I also write some with horse illustrated too, and I've loved that. So yeah, we've, um, I, I'm very fortunate to be able to write about animal health every, every day I'm always learning something and our horses are always good to teach us more things as well.
0: Very good. Well, you're with a good company too. So that helps, you know, that definitely helps Kathleen, anything you want to talk about?
3: So the Carriage Association of America is, of course, celebrating our 60th anniversary this year. We just uh, finished up going to the Weathersfield Estate in upstate New York, which was absolutely fantastically beautiful. Um, so there are pictures from that at the Carriage Association of America on Facebook. And they also have a website of caaonline.com. Things are going to be changing a little bit online as I'm... Um, I think that I have done five thousand posts for them on Facebook. <laughs> um, we were figuring that out, and my most watched video is four hundred and four hundred forty three thousand views.
0: Wow!
3: Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to take a little bit of a break, and then I'll be back writing in probably sixty to ninety days about horses.
0: So, right, well, good luck. Thank with you. everything going on. So I wanted to mention, too, if you uh, didn't catch the last episode of the Stable Scoop show, I did a special. It was not a roundtable. I did a special with uh, Kim Walness about her horse, her event, Horse the Gray Goose, which is kind of a legend in the eventing world. And it was... It was so much fun. As a matter of fact, it got uh, it got more downloads than anything we've ever done on Stable Scoop. So uh, thanks to Kim for doing that. Kim's been a friend of ours for years, and the Gray Goose was quite a legend. And there was a, a an amazing story about you talk about a difficult to ride horse that came from Ireland. Right there was one, right? So, uh, and the only one that could ride that horse was Kim. No instructor could ride that horse. Some of the most famous names in the world couldn't ride that horse. So uh, you'll you'll find that on the stable scoop feed. Go take a listen. I'm going to do more of those, so there won't always be roundtables. We'll be. I, I'm really wanting to focus in now that I've done almost six thousand interviews over the time on Horse Radio Network, and it's mostly been about the people. And what we want to start doing now is highlighting horses and talking about their lives and kind of doing a retrospective on their lives. So we're going to be doing more of that about horses with the people that rode them, um, as opposed to an interview about the people. So it was a lot of fun to do. And she and she just loved talking about her horse. So I think that we're going to do more of those on the Stable Scoop. And we're going to also put them up on Equestrian Legends as well, which is another feed that we have.
1: Can Can we tell you horses that we want you
0: to... Drop me an email. I would love that. Drop me an email. Yep. and You know, they don't necessarily have to be the most famous horse in the world, just have a really cool story. So that's what I'm looking for. And I'm enjoying doing those. So uh, definitely look for that if you haven't listened to that. All right. Last topic of the day. Amy's up. So
2: this is one I just was talking with my husband about it just last week. So geldings versus mares, or sorry, gelding person versus mayor person, or can you be both? I think all of us in the industry, either maybe ourselves or maybe a friend, we're self-acclaimed mayor people or gelding people. And for the longest time, I've, I'm not really sure why, I started with a great gelding, but all of a sudden I turned into a mare person. And the last several um, off-tracks we've had, they've been mares. And I love the fire that they have. I I think they're so protective over you. I think there's so many wonderful things about mares. Um, But then at the same time, I'd have friends, oh, I'd never have a mare. Only geldings. Can't have a mare in this barn. And um, so then recently, and I'm not even quite sure why we did this. But um, so the last couple of horses that we've adopted, we've adopted from horse and hound. So we just adopted a gelding. His name's Dita, as we're calling him Zeppelin. And um, we just adopted him a few months ago. And we decided to to get a gelding. We fell in love with him. He's got this big, goofy personality. And so now um, I find myself, I was a once self-acclaimed mare person. Had no nothing against geldings. I adored them also. And now, now I'm finding myself to also be a gelding person. So, what I ask is, um, do you find that you're a mare person or a gelding person, or can you be both? Susan, I, I, what are what are your yep. thoughts? You, I know you've got your night. Okay, so let me jump
0: okay. in here and say, uh, listeners that are watching live, post whether you're a mare person or or a gelding person or both. We want to see that. Uh, I'd be interested to see that. Go ahead, Susan.
1: Okay, first horse gelding. Second horse that I won in a riding contest through 4-H was <laughs> <It's> a mare. <laughs> she was actually Philly. Third horse, gelding. Fourth horse, current horse, knight is a gelding. I would say I'm more of a gelding person, but I've ridden some incredible mares. And one of them was when I returned to riding after some time off was a Morgan lesson horse. And she was phenomenal. Took care of me. I really felt that. Like she she had my back. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, last summer and over the winter, I've been dabbling and learning how to play polo. And I've ridden mares and these horses are so cool and unflappable. And I didn't know. But the reason there's so many mares is because they're more competitive because they're intact. And then when I was in Ireland, they said the steeplechasers are all geldings. I didn't know that either. So I'm not sure.
0: But very
2: interesting. I just um today I was curious and I'm I'm kind of a geek. So I hopped on Google Analytics, and 720 people a month are searching Mares versus Geldings. Oh really? I just thought that
1: was very fascinating. I should do a blog posts. I'll interview you <laughs> and, and Glenn and Kathleen. <laughs> exactly there we go We figure it all out for everyone
0: <laughs> so so far we have emily says mayors, uh hazel says mayors. um uh cheryl says geldings so we've got two to one so far kathleen which are you
3: <laughs> well we're definitely gelding people i'm going to tell you a real quick story about my dad we used to show appaloosas on the quarter ho- uh in quarter horses on the national circuit and he was out showing a um horse that went national champion later in the year when I was born. And uh, he was well known to be a gelding guy. And um, when I was born, they they thought that they had told him that I had been born. And my mother asked him, well, how, what do you think about that? And he was still down at the horse show. And he said not much. And he was talking about the horse show because he didn't like how the judge had placed his, his horse, but my mother thought that he was commenting on the fact that she had had a girl and his name was mud for a little bit until they got that cleared up. Um, <laughs> and that's just kind of been the way it's gone. We've always, uh, although we did, did have a breeding farm for many, many years. Uh, most of our personal horses are, are geldings, and
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, everything that we have on the farm right now is a gelding. Uh, we don't want to throw off the, uh, chemistry in the barn Mm -hmm. by bringing in a mare at this time, everybody's uh, over 18. And so they're pretty well set in their ways, Mm -hmm. but um, yes, that's our, our mare story. We always used to tease my dad about that. If
1: I could insert here, I will say, I appreciate not getting the mean pinned ears with the head craning out over the stall that mares do. There's a mare at my barn. I'm not going to name names, but she always makes such a mean face. Like I'm a good person. My horse is nice. Why are you being so mean to us for no reason?
2: Goodness. Well, you do see so much of that. And, and honestly, you know, having, having Zeppelin, he is the friendliest guy. He's so goofy. He's, he just gets his lips going after you and he's just a big teddy bear. And he was, he was a good racehorse, And now he's just, He just loves to cuddle. He's a big cuddle bug. But we, on the flip side of things, um, another mare that we have, I acquired her last year. She is a retired thoroughbred broodmare. And so she's had six foals. And I just, if anyone who may be listening might be interested in the broodmare side of things, there's a lot of broodmares that are retiring and that need homes too. It's another side of the the racing and, and breeding industry, of course, that eventually, their their career has ran its course there, and it's time for their career. But she is the most protective, loving mare, and she just she just mothers you like a like a good little mama. So it's, it's neat to see the differences between the two. I but think it's
0: individual, right?
1: Building, yes.
0: I think it's individual. You know, I've had I've had both over the years. We've had both, and we've had mares that well, we just couldn't wait to get rid of because they were just the worst. And we've had geldings that that were good and bad, both. You know, that had issues. So it's been both. I, you know, I've had both. I, right, I, my first the pony I was talking about was was a mare, and then you know, this one a gelding. So, uh, you know, I, I just think it depends on personality too. I don't know that we can stereotype them. Yeah. They both have their issue. They're there's individual issues. Right. But I'm not sure we can stereotype them totally.
3: I have to th- say the three meanest horses we've ever had have been geldings or, or, and or stallions. And, uh, you know, we had one that was called Covering trees, junkyard dog. And he was two days old when he started trying to bite. And, uh, he, he was a tough, tough horse. He was he was going to beat you at the wire when he raced, and that was his goal. But he was a tough, from the day he was born, he was a tough horse.
0: Is he in the federal penitentiary now? Uh,
3: Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> he kicked his sister one time when we were trying to teach them the pass. My mom's riding past me, and we're just, you know, out in the field trying to learn. And he kicked her, and we all fell off. <laughs> but uh, we've had a couple of, of geldings. I mean, John Henry, I mean, he had reason to be mean, but you know, that was a tough, tough horse. But uh, you know, I think it's, as you were saying, it's individual. There's some good, good horses out there, regardless of sex. Mm -hmm.
0: So I love summer's answer. Geldings, big, slow, dumb geldings, my favorite.
3: (laughs) I was
2: just reading that too. And then I was thinking, I wonder whenever some of us, maybe, You know, whenever we're looking at horses, do we see that what we want in a horse changes with our age? Because I know now big,
3: slow, dumb geldings, it sounds pretty good.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: (laughs) My only change in that would be I want a shorter one. I I don't need them tall anymore.
0: (laughs) It's true, though. You're right. I had my first Hackney was a Roadster champion out of Ohio. He won Ohio Roadster champion. And that Hackney, that pony could go nowhere slow. He was like driving a Ferrari. And my wife wouldn't even, who was this big-time eventer, right, wouldn't even get in the cart. She didn't want to have anything to do with that. It was too darn dangerous. And I would drive that pony, and he backed me into ditches and all that stuff, and I didn't care. (laughs) Now, if I had that pony, I wouldn't get near it. I mean, as I've gotten older, there's no way in hell I would drive that pony. <laughs> so, I think things that, Amy, do, you do change as you get older. I, I definitely think so.
2: have to wonder. Well, teach teach their own. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. There's
2: a horse for everybody.
0: That's right. Mare or gelding, it doesn't matter. And, and horse and hound, a good place to get horses out there in Oklahoma if you're anywhere nearby. Amy's a perfect example of that right there.
2: Very much so. They're just fabulous. Nelda Just and Jamie, they do such a great job helping you find a horse that's a good fit and um, just can't say enough good things about them. And all the I dogs, t- when you go there, you your truck is greeted with um, gobs of dogs, probably yeah. 20 at least. Well, they and rescue so those too, don't friendly. they? <laughs> yes, they do. Most of them are seniors and they're the sweetest guys in the world. So it's a dream. You have all these senior sweet dogs and then gorgeous thoroughbreds. Well,
0: I, I told Jamie that we definitely have to visit Horse and Hound when we come out in uh, August. We'll have to go see it for sure. Oh, definitely. You'll love it. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us again. Susan, where they, where can they find you?
1: At Saddle Seeks Horse on Instagram and Facebook. And SaddleSeeksHorse.com is where my blog is. And you can read about the trip to the Irish National Stud and other equestrian getaways.
0: Very good. Amy?
2: Um, You can find me at Facebook or Instagram, um, Amy, E-L-Y-S-E on Instagram, and also at ValleyVet.com.
0: And Kathleen?
3: You can find me on Facebook at Kathleen Hake. It is the one with the fjord uh, going through a water hazard, or you can find it at caaonline.com.
0: And thank you, uh, all the uh, viewers who are watching here. We really appreciate it if you missed any part of tonight's show. And you want to hear the rest of it, just go to Stable Scoop, a podcast feed on your podcast player, and you'll see you can uh, listen to the audio version of it over there. Also, I can be found at Horses in the Morning almost five days a week and search for Horses in the Morning. There's 3,000 episodes to catch up on. So if you have nothing to do for the next probably two years, uh, you can listen back to those because <laughs> that's about how long it'll take you. But we're there every day, and uh, we, we so enjoy doing that. Uh, We just had the Horse Illustrated episode. Speaking of Horse Illustrated, they do an episode with us once a month, and we did that uh, on Tuesday, so you can catch that episode. We had a lot of fun with that. Uh, And, of course, Jamie and I are there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as well. Thank you all for joining us on this Stable Scoop. We really appreciate it. Uh, Panelists, you can hold on, and we'll see you all in a couple of weeks.